Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radical Choices, episode 10. We're on the 10th episode, the return of a decade. Feels so, so good to be here with you today. Particularly gorgeous day uh, outside in San Francisco. It's about 70 degrees. I uh, ended up kind of working against my own neurosis of going, like leaving the home because honestly, it requires that I wash my hands way too many times that I come back. But I'm glad I did because during that walk, it felt like, you know, because I've been in this quarantine and, and generally isolated in my home, it felt like I was seeing things with new eyes. And in the midst of that, I was listening to this beautiful podcast from Cameron Esposito, and they were having a conversation with Abby Wambach, who is an ex-US soccer player and really national champion over and over again. I'm pretty sure Abby has uh, won, you know, definitely hit a lot of records. And Abby has a really complex story about what it meant to come out um, in a religious family. And Cameron was able to relate and sort of this idea of expression and what does it mean to come out and what does it mean to be in? And that's definitely something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And it made me just even reflect on my own story. And the beautiful part, I think why I love podcasts the most is because I am able to really understand and resonate with people's stories so much, whether it's sort of imagining it or being able to provide like a given level of empathy around what they experienced or being able to see myself in a similar way or in a new way based on their framing. And I, there was something that was so beautiful that was mentioned that like, oh my goodness, game changer for me was Abby mentioned that her mother wanted her to come or did not want her to come out because Abby had become so famous that this would be like, this might alter her career. There really wasn't an answer why Abby gave that her mother wanted her to stay in the closet, but she knew she was gay and she was telling her not to admit it to the world or say it or declare it. And there was even this idea of like, did she need to? And like, why do people need to know that we're gay? Do people announce that they're straight? And you know, all of that, that noise, I think that we hear a lot about, but what it meant for Abby to, um, to stay in was alcoholism, was, you know, drug use, et cetera, and repression. And that really, it, it, I related to that. But what was beautiful that she mentioned around her story is that she wouldn't have it any other way. And that's definitely something that I resonate with. And because she wouldn't have it any other way, she's grateful for the, like, she, she is thankful to her parents. And so, that was a really powerful moment because one, noting that her parents did the best that they could within their own framing of like what they thought was good parenting. Um, but that even the decisions that they made to like keep her in the closet, et cetera, have introduced a certain amount of stress and struggle into Abby's life that she wouldn't change or make any other way because it just made her who she is. And I just thought, what a beautiful way to understand why what was has now given you what is. And so I thought that that was like, oh my goodness, like not only one is that forgiveness, right? It's like being grateful even for the struggle or even for the hurt and the pain. But it's a transformative thought, right? That 
the things that were like the scariest, most, oh my goodness, like overwhelming, crazy things that happened to us that we wouldn't change it because it's made us who we are now. And this idea that hopefully we're working to become the most accepting, loving version of ourselves to ourselves. And so today I want to talk about what it means to like write and understand and own and reclaim your story. Because this is something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, this is something that I know at one point in my life, I'm going to share my story. And I really believe that this podcast has allowed me to do that. Like every time I find some technique or some process or I make some level of transformation, like I just, I'm just dying to share it. And hopefully I'm talking to somebody out there and this is resonating, but it's such a privilege to share it. And there's so much power in sharing it because I know that I'm being called to do so for a reason, that there is somebody that might be listening who can resonate or, you know, or even that, um, you know, you're going through similar processes using different techniques and they might not be mine, but it's, we can relate, right? We're in, we're in this together and we're connected. And I just thought how powerful it is to write your story because I want to actually write a memoir. And this is something that I started a few months ago and I haven't picked up because at that point, and after writing that introduction, I realized I had not really come to a level of my story where I felt like I could speak from a place of fully knowing that there were things that I, that were still left unknown. And I'm glad I stopped and I'm excited to return because I really think one of the most amazing parts of this journey for me with like my own transformation, with my own work, and also even with this quarantine is that I'm spending a lot more time with myself and I'm recognizing that the way that I engage with the outside world is so much more on my terms these days, right? Because again, it's like I can choose to walk outside or not. I can choose to be completely alone or engage with people. And it's really my choice. And recognizing that there is this external version, this public version of myself, I also realized that for the most part, I've operated from, a, from many different labels. So I would say the first thing from, uh, when it comes to writing your story or articulating it or processing it, I think it's really important to write down some of the labels that you might be currently attributing to yourself or that you might have in the past. So I'll share a few of mine just because I think it's helpful to, to kind of go through this one for myself because I find this healing, but also to share some of the labels that you might be coming up with. For me, Puerto Rican, brown girl, Latinx, gay, ex-religious, religious, corporate, coach, visionary, PTSD, survivor, entrepreneur, failure. Huh? Those are some, those are some tough ones, especially that last one. That one I was like, whoa, that, <laughs> that's a really interesting, like, as I wrote it, I was like, in a sense, like, if I look at the labels that I had before, you know, um, in terms of religious and non-religious now, that would be deemed as a failure, right? So I actually take pride in the failure in certain respects, or I've learned from the failure. So I have that list of labels. And this is helpful because I found that when I was writing this, you know, 
part of my memoir and really doing the outline, I realized that there was some of it that made me pause because I was like, well, if I'm that label, then I can't articulate it like this. And it, it actually constricted me into a framework that I didn't need to be constricted into. Not only that, but our, our stories are filled with so much transformation that to ascribe ourselves or to limit myself by one of them without noticing all of the contradictions is not even like valid, right? So I have all of these labels somewhere in, in my stories. Either I've given them to myself or someone's given them to me, but some of them are not serving me anymore. Some of them are just one part of the puzzle. And I talked last week about our parts work. Sometimes I am a whole communal table amongst myself. There are polarities. There are different parts of me that have shown up. So understanding those labels and digesting them, writing them down, and in a sense, then detaching from any one particular label, I think is really important as we're putting together our story. Um, and, you know, you might need to sort of outline your story before you come up with these labels. But I do think it's an interesting process to really mind dump like, what actually have I attributed myself or ascribed to that has really meant that I acted in a given role? Um, in owning your, your identity, you have to, again, detach from a singular label or from all of them or from you know, a select few because we are all of these things. Now, another thing I think it's important to do as we're writing our story is to actually historically go through from like the part of yourself that you remember as a kid, like, what was I as a kid? Like, where was I raised? So for me, it's like I was raised in Chicago in 1985 to a Puerto Rican family. Um, we were religious. And then like, what were the poignant times in my life? Um, really filling in the blanks, like what happened from the point that I was born to today, to present day. Now, again, there's part of our story that we don't know. Why? Because it didn't happen. But there might be other parts of your story that you're a little unclear on. And so I would say if you're communicating with your family and in good spirits, it could be interesting to also just like ask them to sort of fill in the blanks. And I really believe knowledge of self and having that historical inventory is really powerful. Why? Because it helps us to understand some of our patterns um, recognizing again, as you write down this historical list, like what were those poignant moments? What were those patterns? Where did things, where and when did things change? Who were the key players? What were your highs and lows? And what did you learn and apply and why? And so for me, this was really powerful because it validated a few things that I already know about myself, which is that in my late 20s, really shit hit the fan. Like I, um, I chose to sort of move to another state and then I um, discovered more about myself. I came out of the closet. I got into some really intense relationships um, I uncovered trauma. I started to face my own. And it's funny because late 20s usually is around our Saturn return time. So they say Saturn returns around our sign um, every 29 to like 30 years, really dependent on when you were born. But knowing that, it's recognizing that that was a time where up until then I had been living life on someone else's value system and within a certain set of rules that I had learned. 
And within our Saturn return, usually things hit of upheaval. So it's a time of transformation. It's a time when sort of life turns on its head and we need to start actually acting within our own sense of self and spirit. And so for me, my Saturn return was really, really intense. And I'm just getting out of it. And what does that mean? I'm on the next cycle of creating my next really 30 or so years. So this is really, really powerful because as you start to articulate your story, as you start asking yourself these questions, you start learning about things like what, you know, outside of people's expectations of me, what are my internal motivations? What things are really distinct about myself? Um, Also, it's recognizing like, what are those key accomplishments that I'm so incredibly proud of? And one of them I'll share, which is just like, it's a really silly one. Um, and it's, it's kind of part of a larger whole. But when I was in my early 20s, I was very, very unhappy at the school that I was attending. Um, and this was like, honestly, fresh out of, uh, of my home. I was living on campus and I had just realized that I had not shot for the stars in terms of the schools that I could attend. And I was just scared about leaving home. So I went to a school that was just a few miles away and I was so unhappy there. And so I actually decided to transfer in the middle of a sophomore year, which was a really big decision. And not only did I transfer, but I chose to go to a completely different state. And that was a huge shift for me. And I then took another leap, which was to go to Spain. Um, that's, so I was there one semester and then I went to Spain and I made these like huge leaps, but those leaps were so important to me because it meant a pattern of truly living in my authenticity. Because what I know about myself is that I take big leaps, right? So I make pretty drastic decisions and pretty drastic about, about faces and, those were really um, coming from such a desperation to live life on my own terms. And it took a few years, I mean, a 10 or so more years for me to come out of the closet and recognize that I had really been living in a repressed state, even in my mind, in my body. But again, it's recognizing what were those poignant moments and where did I make big shifts? And I think Again, after you've, again, uh, mind dumped all those labels, you've taken the history together, you recognize and you filled in the blanks around who were the key players, the highs and lows, the transformation moments, the patterns, um, the changes that you made, the things that you learned. I think it's also important not only to look at what you're proud of, but also what are those parts where you can use some additional healing? And that's what really gave me pause when I was starting to write this memoir, because I realized that the narrative that I was putting down in front of myself was one of still victimhood. And I don't want to say, I don't want to damn that because that was the reality. Like we're victims in areas that were still unhealed. Right. So it just gave me an understanding that I needed to kind of live out more of my story to be able to articulate this in a way that I was really proud of. And that I didn't feel completely um, damning around and really damning of myself. I mean, yes, there's fear that if I share certain things about my family, there's still this idea where I want to protect them. So I was also feeling that too. But I also just sensed that there was a level of bitterness that I wasn't completely comfortable writing down in words and sharing with the world. 
And for me, that is really important for me to recognize that bitterness because it allows me to understand that there is still healing left to be had. Um, there is still a need to find some level of authenticity and transformation and alchemy through the healing process. And so I was writing this book, which was titled, you know, Awakening the Muse Within. And I realized that like there were still parts of me that were dormant. There were still parts of me that I was scared to touch on. And because I was scared, I stepped away from the page. And it wasn't until, you know, recently where like, again, I'm listening to this amazing podcast today and I'm hearing someone grateful for the way that they were raised because it made them who they are. Such a simple concept that I'm sure I'd heard time and time and time again. And I'd probably even told myself, but today it finally clicked. It finally clicked because I have been going through shadow work, facing the parts of me that like I've never wanted to face. I've been understanding my parts. I have been healing from these things. I have been getting lessons and indications from the universe. And it's helped to fill in the rest of my story because I think the last thing around your story is recognizing like, where am I going? And we, we're not going to necessarily know that, right? Like, are you comfortable not knowing how it will end? Because I have to tell you, you got to be comfortable with that. And it's a process. So for me, it's recognizing that I was still holding on to certain labels. I was still holding on to certain hate. Um, I was still holding on to certain pain because I believe that the pain defined me. But it's how do you transform from victor from victim to victor, right? And I heard that framing the other day and I was like, oh my God, it rhymes. Like, this is great. It starts the same. Um, and it was just a really, it was a, it was a really powerful moment for me to reflect on like, when am I operating from a place of abundance? When am I operating from a place of knowing um, and being okay with not knowing how it will end? Because the not knowing how it will end, I think is the point. One, life would be incredibly, incredibly boring if I knew how it would end. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Black Mirror, but there are so many um, elements of that show that I think talk about like the sense of control. It's like we see technology, right? And I think this show definitely scares the crap out of me when it comes to like the role of technology in our life and like how really, I believe it gives you this false sense of control over things. And then you see people have control. Like there was one episode that was all about like you hit a button and you recognize like how long you and that person will be in relationship with one another. And it could be five minutes, it could be 10 years, et cetera. And so you're kind of like playing out the end of that. The way that you approach your life is in a state of knowing because you know that this will end. Now, people in that episode at the end of the episode, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it's an awesome episode. They're like, fuck that. We're not going to live in this society where we need to know and where our lives are controlled and we're going to choose to be together despite your end game for us. This is the place where manifestation happens. This is the place where although you might not know how it will end, you know who you are. And again, it's also knowing that you're constantly changing. So this idea of controlling our circumstances or controlling the whatever. We generally do that when we feel like we have something to lose. And there are parts of ourselves that up until this point in our narrative and in our story that we might have lost. 
that is the reality of it. I look at even my own early childhood trauma. I was four and I lost, I lost what I believe to be was my sexual start was, you know, in a way my purity quote unquote at the time. And I didn't realize that until recently that that happened to me. And I still feel like I lost something. And I, because I feel like I lost something and that's my story, right? I believe that there's someone to blame for that. And like, believe me, like other people were responsible for that. And I recognize that. But the healing and the way that I rewrite my story and the way that I frame that experience from a place of knowing versus from a place of not knowing or from a place of resistance is really going to determine the rest of my story, right? Me framing my narrative as though, um, you know, I dislike my parents and how could they, et cetera, that takes away my power as well because I'm still looking at someone else to explain my story to me or to reconcile my story or to heal my story. Because what I recognize too is in that in, in that place where you know I have been hurt by my parents or by other people, I still have this fantasy that they're gonna just figure it out and that they're gonna come to me and that they're gonna tell me and that et cetera. And what I realize is that the more that I own and that I heal from the parts of my story that I might be ashamed of or from the parts of my story where I feel like I might be a victim, the more that I heal the potential relationship um, that I can have with myself and with other people. And hopefully, like if, if the universe wants it with the people themselves, with my parents, with the people that have harmed me, the more that I up-level my own story, the more I up-level those around me. And I think we can see that. Like, think about some of the most amazing coaches or actors, et cetera. It's like the more that their energy and their you know, presence and sense of self and expression is authentic, the more that we feel safe doing that too. So I really encourage you to look at how you can be the narrator of your own story, how you can detach from those labels that might've been put on you or that you put on yourselves, how you can look at that narrative and really understand what were those pivotal moments? Who were key players in my life then? What did I learn about myself? What patterns do I continue to live out? What changes or lessons did I make? Where was the transformation? Um, I also think it's interesting to, to recognize like where have I been or did I start acting in my own best interest, right? Not worrying about what how other people were reading my story. Um, and from there, finding those key accomplishments to really find some sense of pride in, finding those places where you can incorporate more healing and start to really address and approach and the rest of it is manifestation, right? The rest of it is recognizing that the more that we clear up these elements, these pains within our subconscious, the more power that we have to actually build out the lives that we want. And believe me, even knowing what we want is part of the battle sometimes, right? Like not all of us are born with, you know, this articulated story for how we build our career or our purpose. Like we actually need folks and experiences, again, if we knew how it all ended, it would be boring as heck. And I recognize too, even as a career coach who's currently going through an identity crisis on what that looks like um, for me and how I transform my own work, it's recognizing that a lot of the way that I envision my career has been framed by my conditioning, has been framed by my circumstances or 
maybe value systems that I actually no longer invest in, right? So it's recognizing that certain things are just about becoming. It's just about knowing the next step. It's just about following where do my desires lead? And for me, it's as simple as recognizing, like, what do I give endless amounts of time to? And I realized, like, for a while, I was like, other people, like, I just love other people. And I do, and I do. But I realized that I am just so focused on this healing process, on what it means to transform your trauma into power, around really this idea of connectedness with the universe, with nature, with others, this idea of a sense of purpose and determinism and um, and self-expression and authenticity. Like, I love that about myself. And I love that about the shows that I watch, the things that I read and, and the friends that I have that are really asking themselves those same questions. So, you know, if you're struggling with this idea of like, what do I want to manifest and what are my some of my intentions? There are so many great resources, but I think starting to write your story is a really powerful way to think about what, where do I want to turn next? Do I want to transform? Do I need to invert? Do I, do I need to deflect from where my current path is? And I will tell you this, the universe will do that for you. Believe you me, that Saturn return, if it hasn't already come, it will. And I promise you, you can weather whatever storm is put in front of you. Right. And that's just, that's just the truth of it. Right. Whether it's in this lifetime or whether it's in a spiritual realm, like I believe that we live many, many lives. And so, whereas circumstances of the present day might lead to a lot of grim and fatalistic thinking, right. Cause we're in a time of a virus spreading across the world. Um, we still have an opportunity to really build out the life and the purpose that we desire and figuring out what we desire on a very small scale can oftentimes help us figure out what we want to on a larger scale. And sometimes we're just scared to say it out loud. Like I said the other day, I was like, I know that I want a big platform and that scares the crap out of me because I'm still operating from a lot of imposter syndrome about, you know, owning my voice and, um, and recognizing my story is constantly changing. How can I speak from a place of knowing I'm speaking from a place of becoming. And that's what our story is all about. It's about who we are becoming, who we want to become, who we were in the past. Um, and what makes us unique and beautiful and skilled and transformed, right? And really starting to speak out those intentions to believe that they will happen, right? Writing out like what would be the ideal for me in terms of my career or what would be the ideal for me in terms of a relationship? And then recognizing like where in my life or even on TV, because I believe it, we're not necessarily engaged with one another at all times. Where do I see people living out that truth? Um, and really to see it is to believe it. I believe that we manifest from our subconscious. And so that means meditating on the who we are, on the what we want, reminding ourselves to revisit our story and to continue to fill in those blanks, reminding ourselves to look at that intention list. And I like to, on every full moon, it's just a nice way to keep me honest, to, to continue to build on that list, to rewrite it, to refine it, um, to see indications where I see this happening, right? Whether it be, especially for me, it's like seeing that romantic relationship that I, I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the kind of dynamic that I want to have with my future partner. And it's beautiful because the more that you see it, the more that you believe it. 
I don't necessarily believe that we manifest from our thoughts. So this idea of like, you are your thoughts. I think that's flawed. I think that your, your thoughts are just, are just a balloon that you can fill up or not. Right. Sometimes we see our thoughts. Mostly our thoughts is an indication of where our spirit is or where we can use some attention. Right. But I believe that we manifest from our subconscious and, Again, being able to put out those intentions, meditating on them, um, creating rituals around them, seeing indications of them happening, and then noticing where the universe is actually give us, giving us little hints and pings around things that we should focus on or, um, or putting into our path. Uh, things that can, that people that can reveal and enlighten us, right? And be a lamp onto our path. That's been really powerful for me is recognizing that a lot of the intentions I have, not only am I seeing people as expanders, quote unquote, which is a term that Lacey Phillips uses uh, for her manifestation framework, but also recognizing that I'm constantly getting insight from the universe around this, that there are people that can help light my path around it. And I've already seen a lot manifest in my own life. We all have that power. We have the power to rewrite our story. We have the power to transform. We have the power to heal. We have the power to manifest. So I'm wishing you all the best as you look at your story, as you understand your past, as you re reflect on what you want to become.